Hi, my name is Rita Trotter, founder of The Health and Fitness Coach. Welcome to the Health Collective Podcast, where we talk everything body, business, balance and being for busy women looking to take control of their health, weight and body for good. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to uh, the the next episode of the Health Collective podcast. Awesome to have you all here. And just like always, we're talking about different areas of health, weight, vitality, energy, mind, emotion, everything that really has an impact on how our body develops, how our health develops, and how we present ourselves to the world. And today we're really going to be talking about the gut-brain connection, how it works, and really the role of nutrition in developing our mind, but equally how the context and environment of our mind then has an impact on the food choices that we make. Because we know that a lot of the choices that we make have a huge impact on the way that our body develops, both in terms of weight gain or weight loss, as well as fitness, health, vitality, energy when we get up in the morning. So have you ever had that sort of gut feeling or butterflies in your stomach? You know, that kind of sense, these sensations that are emanating from your sort of belly, which suggest that your brain and gut are genuinely connected. Now, what's more, recent studies show that your brain affects your gut health and your gut equally affects your brain health. There is a communication system between your gut and your brain and it's called the gut brain access axis sorry and so what we want to do is explore really how the gut brain axis works and the foods that are beneficial to the health of that axis so that both the gut and the brain the mind connection are working at their their very best effectivity so how are the brain and gut connected well The brain-gut axis is a term for the communication network that connects your gut and your brain. These two organs are connected both physically and biochemically in a number of really different ways. So there are different sort of areas that we'll look at, but the first is there's the vagus nerve and the nervous system. And there are neurons. So neurons are cells that are found in your brain. And the central nervous system is what tells your body how to behave. There are approximately about 100 billion neurons in the human brain. So it's quite a complex system. And there was a phrase I heard yesterday, um, which really sparked me wanting to talk about this today, which was, if the brain was simple enough for us to understand it, we would be too simple to use it. So the brain is really such a complex matter that we still don't understand exactly how all of it links together. And equally, we want to understand that the brain hasn't stopped. We're not at the pinnacle of humanity with the brain's development. 
every single day, year, decade, century, our brains are developing further and creating new connections. Um, so we really need to have that as a, a background context to understanding that what we're talking about in today's episode is such a surface level touching point. But interestingly, if there's approximately 100 billion neurons in the human brain, your gut contains about 500 million neurons, which are connected to your brain through nerves in your nervous system. Now, the vagus nerve is one of the biggest nerves connecting your gut and your brain. It sends signals in both directions. So, for example, they've done studies in animals uh, where they've seen that stress inhibits the signals sent through the vagus nerve. And it also causes gastrointestinal problems. Um, so stress, the cortisol hormone, actually blocks signals being sent through one of the largest nerves, the vagus nerve, in both directions. And not only does stress cause us mental distress, but it also causes us uh gastronomical issues in terms of stomach upsets and like, you know, similarly, there was one study in humans that found that people with irritable bowel syndrome, so IBS or Crohn's disease had reduced uh, vagal tone, which indicated um, essentially a reduced function in the vagus nerve. And this, you know, one of these studies that I'm talking about was an interesting study in mice and it found that feeding them a probiotic actually reduce the amount of stress hormone in their blood. However, when their vagus nerve was cut, the probiotic had no effect. So there's a massive link which suggests that the vagus nerve is important in the gut brain axis in both directions, but more importantly, in its role in stress. Now, we also have something in, in our uh, neurological system called neurotransmitters. Now, your gut and your brain are also connected through chemicals called neurotransmitters. And neurotransmitters uh, produced in the brain control um, feelings, emotions. For example, uh, the neurotransmitter serotonin contributes to feelings of happiness, um, joy, but it also helps to regulate the body clock. Interestingly, many of these neurotransmitters are also produced in your gut in the same way. They're produced in your gut cells just as they are in your brain. And the trillions of microbes living there are also interlinked with those neurotransmitters. And a large proportion of serotonin, the happy hormone, is produced in the gut. So your gut microbes are clearly just as important as your neurological transmitters in creating different feelings and emotions in life. Your gut microbes also produce a neurotransmitter called uh, GABA, and this helps control feelings of um, fear, anxiety, and studies, again, in sort of lab mice have shown that certain uh, probiotics can increase the production of GABA and reduce anxiety and depression sort of linked behavior as well. So 
gut microbes are vital for the emotional state that we live our life in day to day. And gut microbes also make other chemicals that affect the brain. You know, the trillions of microbes that live in your gut also make other chemicals that affect how your brain works. So your gut microbes produce lots of uh, short chain fatty acids, such as uh, butyrate, um, uh, propionate, um, acetate, uh, lots of eights. Um, and they make uh, these short chain fatty acids. I'll just call them CS, uh, SCFAs. They make them by digesting fiber and SCFAs affect braid function in so many ways, such as reducing appetite. One study also found that um, consuming uh, propionate, which is is uh, one of the um, uh, short chain fatty acids, consuming these can reduce food intake. And also reduce the activity in the brain related to the reward from high energy food. So the study actually showed a connection that if you consume more of the SCFA propionate, you can actually have an effect on the brain's stimulus in wanting to reward itself with high energy, i.e. high calorie, high sugar foods. Another uh, short chain fatty acid, uh, butyrate, and the microbes that produce it are also important in things like um, forming the barrier between the brain and the blood, which is called, um, ironically, interestingly, obviously, the blood brain barrier. And gut microbes also metabolize bile acids and amino acids to produce other chemicals that affect the brain. So there's a huge link in everything that we're eating and how the brain is then being stimulated by that. And bile acids are chemicals made by the liver that are normally involved in absorbing dietary fats, um, but they can also affect how the brain functions. And two studies found that stress and social disorders reduce the production of bile acids by gut bacteria and alter the actual genes involved in their production. You know, one of the biggest things that gut microbes really affect is inflammation. So your gut brain axis is also connected through the immune system. Now, gut and gut microbes play a really important role in your immune system and inflammation by controlling what is passed into the body and also what is excreted. If your immune system is switched on for too long, it can lead to inflammation, which is associated with lots of brain disorders like depression and Alzheimer's. There is... Uh, you know, various um, other connections like LPS. So LPS um, is an inflammatory toxin made by certain bacteria, which can cause really too much inflammation if too much of it passes from the gut into the blood. And this can happen when the gut barrier becomes, I suppose, what you could call leaky, which allows bacteria and LPS to cross over into the blood. So inflammation and high LPS in the blood have been associated with so many brain disorders, severe depression, dementia, anxiety, schizophrenia. So really, it's no wonder that your gut and your brain are connected 
physically through millions of nerves, most importantly, the vagus nerve. And the gut and its microbes also control inflammation and make many different compounds that affect the brain health. And remember, inflammation is also key in weight loss because the more inflammation, the more acid we have in the body, the more our body holds on to body fat. So if gut bacteria affects your brain health, then clearly changing your gut bacteria might improve your brain health. So there are lots of different things out there that people talk about. Most um, obviously are probiotics and prebiotics. So probiotics are live bacteria that impart health benefits when they're eaten. However, not all probiotics are the same. So there are probiotics that affect the brain, and these are often referred to as psychobiotics. Some probiotics have been shown to improve symptoms of stress, anxiety, and depression. Um, you know, there was one, re- it was a small study of people with IBS, as well as mild to moderate anxiety or depression, who found that taking a specific probiotic um, called Biffy, oh my goodness, now I've got to remember it, Bifido, Bifidobacterium longum, pretty sure it was that, Bifidobacterium longum, I'm pretty sure it had, um, it was NCC3001 was the um, sort of shortened, but it's Bifidobacterium longum. They took it for six weeks and they had significantly improved symptoms, but that's not the same for every single probiotic because they have different functions. So don't just go and take a probiotic on the assumption that it will help because it needs to be the right one for you. Equally, prebiotics are are different. So these are typically fibers that are fermented by your gut bacteria, but they can also affect brain health. You know, sometimes taking prebiotics, there was one called, they have really long names, um, galacto-oligosaccharides. Um, there was a study that showed that taking it for three weeks significantly reduced the amount of stress hormone cortisol in the body. So probiotics that affect the brain can also be called psychobiotics. And both probiotics and prebiotics have been shown to affect and reduce levels of anxiety, stress and depression in people, but different ones for different categories of people. Uh, we haven't got long enough in this episode to go into every single Um, It would probably take me 30 minutes just to name the length of all of the different words. But if you want more help, obviously shoot me a message and we can go over it in a lot more detail in a way that's specific to you. Um, But there are really a few uh, groups of food that are specifically beneficial for the gut brain access. Um, So some of the important ones, you've probably come across them all before. I'm not about to give you some revolutionary magic pill, Um, but some of the really important food groups for gut brain access development are omega-3 fats. So these fats are often found in oily fish. Um, They're also really um, in high quantities in the human brain. So they're absolutely vital. Studies show that humans um, who have omega-3 on a regular basis in their body can increase the good bacteria in their gut 
um, by as much as 50%. So obviously that then reduces the risk of um, any brain disorders or emotional distress. Uh, fermented foods, so yogurts, uh, kefir, sauerkraut, cheese, they all contain healthy microbes such as um, lactic acid bacteria. Fermented foods have really been shown to positively alter brain activity. Um, high fiber foods, so whole grains, nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables, these all contain pre- pre not pro prebiotic fibers that are good for your gut bacteria um, and remember prebiotics can reduce the stress hormone in humans uh, polyphenol rich foods so cocoa now i'm not talking about cadbury's white or milk chocolate i'm talking about unrefined cocoa green tea olive oil coffee these all contain polyphenols which are um plant chemicals uh, which are digested by your gut bacteria so polyphenols really increase the healthy gut bacteria and improve brain cognition um there's also uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for uh tryptophan rich foods uh tryptophan is an amino acid that is converted into uh the neurotransmitter serotonin that we mentioned at the beginning which is produced both in the brain and in the gut the happy hormone so foods high in uh, uh tryptophan include um turkey uh eggs cheese um so really, I probably don't mention any types of foods that you've not possibly heard of before, but a lot of these types of foods can really help increase the beneficial bacteria in your gut and therefore the beneficial um, development of your brain. So the gut-brain axis really refers to the physical and chemical connections between your brain and your gut. And there are millions of nerves and millions of neurons that run between them. And neurotransmitters and other chemicals produced in both have a significant effect on each other. So whilst we can talk about this and say that it's all very well to logically and intellectually talk about the fact that the gut and the brain have such a link, we need to really take action on it. Because the last thing I want you to do is listen to me and not do anything about it. Because you're probably sitting there going, yes, I've heard of omega-3 fats. Yes, I've heard of high fiber foods. Yes, I've heard of pro and prebiotics. But we really have to make sure that we are nourishing our brain in every way possible because think about it your brain is always on it, it doesn't ever switch off even when you're asleep if it did you'd stop breathing your organs would stop your brain is always on from the second you're born to your last breath it takes care of your thoughts your movements your breathing your heartbeat your senses it works 24-7, even while you're passed out, which means your brain requires a constant supply of fuel. And that fuel comes from the foods that you eat. And what's in that fuel makes all the difference to how your brain functions. Put simply, what you eat directly affects the structure and function of your brain and ultimately your mood. So just like an expensive car, your brain functions best when it gets only premium fuel. 
So eating high quality foods that contain lots of vitamins and minerals and antioxidants nourishes the brain and protects it from oxidative stress. Um, so the waste, as it were, uh, free radicals, you might have heard that term. I won't go into it in much depth because we haven't got time in today's episode. But free radicals are essentially harmful waste, which is produced when the body uses oxygen. And these can really damage the cells if we don't rid ourselves of them. And unfortunately, just like an expensive car, your brain can also be damaged if you ingest anything other than premium fuel. So if substances from low premium fuel, such as what you get from processed or refined foods, get to the brain, it has little ability to get rid of them. So diets which are high in refined sugars, for example, are harmful to the brain. In addition to worsening your body's regulation of insulin, they also promote inflammation and oxidative stress. Multiple studies have found a correlation between a diet high in refined sugars and impaired brain function, and even a worsening of symptoms of things like mood disorders, like depression, just as we've mentioned within that gut-brain axis. So it makes sense that if your brain is deprived of good quality nutrition or if free radicals or, or damaging inflammatory cells are circulating within the brain's enclosed space, further contributing to brain tissue injury, then the consequences are relatively obvious and to be expected. What's interesting is that for many years, the medical field did not fully acknowledge the connection between mood and food. And today, fortunately, the burgeoning field of nutritional psychiatry is finding that there are many consequences and correlations between not only what you eat, but how you feel and how you ultimately behave, but also the kinds of bacteria that live in your gut, as we've been talking about. So how foods affect your mental health? Well, we've already mentioned serotonin. So serotonin being the neurotransmitter, the happy hormone, which also aff affects and regulates your sleep, your appetite, your um, your moods. And it also helps to inhibit pain. So since about 95 percent of your serotonin is produced in your gastrointestinal tract and your gastro gastrointestinal tract is lined with 100 million nerve cells or neurons, it makes sense that the inner workings of your digestive system don't just help to digest your food, but also guide your emotions. What's more, the function of these neurons and the production of neurotransmitters like serotonin is highly influenced by the billions of good bacteria that make up your intestinal uh, microbiome. These bacteria play an essential role in your health. They protect the lining of your intestines. They ensure they provide a strong barrier against toxins. They limit inflammation. They improve how well you absorb nutrition from your food. They activate neural pathways that travel directly between gut and brain. You know, um, if you take things like uh, the Mediterranean diet, studies have compared traditional diets like the Mediterranean diet and traditional um, Japanese diets with a typical Western diet. And it shows that the risk of depression is 25% to 35% lower in those who eat the traditional Mediterranean or Japanese style diet. So 
the scientists account for this difference because these traditional diets tend to be high in vegetables, fruits, unprocessed grains, fish, seafood, and contain only a modest amount of lean meat and very, very, very little dairy. They also uh, are also void of things like processed and refined foods and sugars, which are staples of the Western dietary pattern. In addition, many of these unprocessed foods are fermented and therefore act as natural probiotics, just as we already discussed. So it might sound implausible to you, but the notion that good bacteria not only influences what your gut digests and absorbs, but also affects the degree of inflammation throughout your body, as well as your mood and energy, is proven. It isn't something that I'm sitting here just spouting about. It's a proven link. So it's so important. So really, I guess the action point is start paying attention to how eating different foods makes you feel, not just in the moment, but the next day, the day after. Try eating, I suppose the word that most of you would resonate with is clean. So try eating a clean diet for two or three weeks. So no processed foods, no processed sugar, and just see how you feel. And then slowly introduce foods back into your diet one by one and see how you feel with those. You know, when some people go clean and most of you who know me know that I will never be the kind of person that says never have a glass of wine for the rest of your life, never have sugar for the rest of your life. I believe in balance. But when we predominantly eat in that more traditional way, people honestly cannot believe how much better they feel physically and emotionally and how much worse they feel when they in reintroduce the foods that are known to enhance inflammation. So if you need any further help, if you need to chat um, at all about specific things in your diet, the way that you're eating, or your gut-brain axis and how we can improve not only your weight loss, but also your cognitive function and energy, then give me a shout. Go to our website, which is uh, thehealthandfitnesscoach.com. Email me, which is Rita, R-I-T-A, at thehealthandfitnesscoach.co.uk. Or give us a buzz on WhatsApp, which is plus plus four four seven seven six nine six nine zero six seven nine. Well, hope you've enjoyed that episode and I really look forward to seeing you on the next one. Have an amazing day. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you need any more information, help or advice, or would like to book in a free discovery call to discuss your health, weight and body shape goals and the best way to get you there, head to www.thehealthandfitnesscoach.com for more information and links to our social media or message us at plus four four seven seven six nine six nine zero six seven nine or email us at rita r-i-t-a at thehealthandfitnesscoach.co.uk thank you for listening and i can't wait to see you on the next episode in the meantime live love and learn